You are now listening to the Backseat Critics, the movie review podcast. Welcome back. Oh my gosh, R.A. Peak. <laughs> Welcome back to the Backseat Critics. My name is RJ. My name is Andrew. This is a podcast where we talk about movies that you should steer clear of. And today we are talking about Darby O'Gill and the Little People. What? <laughs> you got to look back at your computer. <laughs> Go. From 1959. What, what movie did I just watch? Oh, that's right. It's Darby O'Gill. I was checking. I forget the O'Gill part because I just keep thinking Darby and the Little People. But then I forgot the year. I was thinking 63. I was off. But you're like, we're talking about Darby O'Gill. Gil and the Little People. <laughs> you have to read the title. I forget the last name. How? 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 I know Darby. Throughout the whole movie, everything... Wow, that got dark. Yeah, it did. Uh, everything is just Darby, Darby, Darby. Oh, it might be dying. And your camera doesn't work. No, the laptop doesn't. Mm, well, it's plugged in though yeah it was at like 2% when I turned it all on <laughs> no filming today alright hold anyways, on we'll I'm continue just gonna with unplug this. that no we're gonna continue screw right. this why not alright we'll just continue like this alright I'll stop this energy <laughs> fudge out of here you don't even know what we're talking about today and you're like <laughs> All right. Oh, I got all the topics in front of us. Because before we get into the movie, we're going to talk about that new Ninja Turtles movie. Before diving into a man who apparently set the record for number of Disneyland visits. Jealous. And then we're going to go right into the quiz question before diving into our favorite topics. Which are going to be sets, characters, scenes, and special effects. Great. Only one set for me today. That's great. We had to spoil it. Yep. All right. So you want to talk about this uh, Ninja Trolls movie? Do I want to talk about it? No. Will I talk about it? Yes. <laughs> How about that? All right. Seth Rogen. Yeah. Seth Rogen. He's producing it. Animation looks okay. Yeah. They do uh, my man's Donatello dirty, though. They don't do him justice. What's up with the glasses? I hate that for some reason Donatello's ever since like that live action. They just really lean hard into that. Like the goggle type thing. And it's just like, stop. Stop doing Please them like that. Please stop. He he doesn't wear glasses. We've seen the 80s cartoons. None of them wear glasses. No offense if you wear glasses. But as Andrew wears glasses. But Donatello does not wear glasses. No, he doesn't. Why do you keep on doing that to him? It doesn't make any sense. It ruins the vibe. But what I like is this like 2D, 3D kind of Spider-Verse-y kind of vibe. I liked it. That that did it well. At first, when I first watched it, I was like, hmm. And then it took a second take, and I was like, okay. That's kind of how I felt. It's not done by the same animation studio, so the animation is definitely different, and I will admit it's not as clean as Spider-Verse was. Do you think that some of the animators from that went over and did this? I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I think that that's a possibility. Some of them are just like, 
give the middle finger to the Spider-Verse crew at Sony and said, you know what? You guys asked for too, too much of us. I wouldn't say the Spider-Verse crew. I would just say Sony. They said, no soup for you, so- Sony. No soup for you, Sony. But yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of excited. There's like, what, a bunch of mics? Future episode. Hmm. Mics? Team Oh, yes, but yeah, don't be a mic. <laughs> don't be a mic, folks. A oh, bunch of future mics. Yeah. But what about this guy that set a record? Was it 2,995 okay. days in a row? Let's let's get into this. First of all, let's talk about the fact that he has to... Keep going. Oh, look at me. Keep going. Okay. This guy has to... Not only... He has to have that California budget to do this. And the fact that he has to... He has to have the California pass. But now he's paying for the days where those are blacked out. And now he's got to have the budget to pay for when it's blacked out. So that that is a pretty penny right there. How much? Uh, how many days are blacked out? I believe during some of the holidays are blacked out, and then during the summer, some of the days some in the, the summer. Summer days, really? The summer day. Some of the summer days are blocked out because of all the people that come in. Okay, I could see like around like the holidays, Christmas, New Year's. I could see that being blacked out, but summer just seems kind of weird. But whatever. I mean. Kudos to this guy, I guess. Wish I had this guy's free time. And money. Also. But think about that. That's crazy. And to think 2, that... 2,900? What do you do? Do you think he just like... He's like, I'm going to set a world record today. And he just scanned the ticket, went into the park, and then left. I think he went probably... I mean... Okay, okay. okay. Let me rephrase this. What quantifies a visit to the park? Is that just walking through the gate? Or is it actually going to a concession or riding a ride? Like, what, what do you think this guy did at so, the park every single day? I've heard of people just going in that have that California pass, mm-hmm. go in to buy dinner, for instance. I've heard that, yeah. Which is a lot of work, I feel like. Unless you have, like, reservations at one of the restaurants. Sure, I can see it, but I feel like that's a lot of work. I remember a few years ago, I, I read a story about a guy that was going to, I think it was Universal or Six Flags, uh, every day for dinner, because it was cheaper than buying a, like he got a bigger dinner there than he would if he just shopped. Oh, by the way, little uh, little spoiler effect for you. Yeah. I meant, this is what I actually meant to put in it. Disney is rolling out a new ticket that they are trying out, I believe, in Disney World. Oh. Where it is... You can go into Disney World. You can shop. You can eat any of the foods and everything. You just, mm-hmm. can't, you just can't ride the rides. Interesting. Yeah. It's about $50 or something like that they said. $50 though. $50 to go into this place to spend money is what it is. That's nuts. But people go... I mean, if you're like a a collector or a pin trader or stuff, because people go in there with like mountains of pins. Just to, just to trade. That's nuts. 50 bucks just to go in and buy more food or buy more stuff. Or to trade pins or meet the characters or do experiences. They just, you just can't ride rides. That kind of sucks. I wonder how they stopped that. Right? Like it said that they were going to get like a bracelet to show that they can't ride rides, but. What happens if you take that off? What if you sneak past the, the cast member at the, at the beginning of the line? Wem's cast member doesn't care. How do you take it off? Is it like magnetized to your wrist? Are the cast members actually 
going to get paid more for checking additional wristbands? Are they are there additional wristbands right now that cast members have to check before people get on rides? No, there are magic bands though, which is like kind of like a wristband smartwatch type thing. There's not really a smartwatch, but you can load money up to it or tie your your credit card up to it, and you just kind of ding, like hold it up, ding, and it'll pay for you or it'll, it'll set your uh, it'll set your fast passes, that sort of thing. Okay. But there's there's nothing that the crew members are like looking at and be like, oh, you can't ride this ride. No. Okay. So to have this though, I'm just kind of like, okay. Right. It's, a, it's an interesting concept and I kind of want to see how it plays out because now you're just spending money to spend money. I feel like you're paying to go spend money. I'm curious if this is Iger's decision or residual effect from Chopek. I don't know. Because if it's residual from Chopek, Iger's had plenty of time now to stop it. That's true. And if it's Iger's... I kind of wonder on, dude. if they're figuring out that people are just going to Disneyland or so just to... Just to eat and stuff. And just to eat. Scrape some profit off that as Disney does. Well, there's the events, too, where people want to go and they have, like, the food event. Okay. Food event. There's, like, a, like, when I was down there, or there's a wine and dine festival that they have. Okay. Um, and then when I was down there, they're having some sort of world food event where you can try, they have these, like, food carts all up and down in California Adventures where you can try foods and alcohols and a whole bunch of stuff from all over the world. And then they'd have um, music going on from all over the world, like live performances just throughout the park. Dang. Okay. So it was kind of cool. Okay. Huh. Sorry, I know this was a side topic and we weren't planning this, but... No, we we weren't, but it's interesting though. It's an interesting I'm concept. I'm curious, like, what... What drove it? Yeah, what, what's, what was the decision-making process there? I really think it was just the fact of, hey, people just want to come here to eat sometimes. They're going to pay $100 for some steak, vegetables, at the Balancey Blue Bayou. All right, fans of the Backseat Critics, we're going to throw up a poll. When you go to Disneyland, would you buy this ticket or would you buy the one to go ride the rides? Do you think that how about, how $50 about, just take versus... It out. Just take out the would you ride the rides. Would just add, would you buy this ticket? Would you buy this ticket? Just leave it at that. Just okay. would you buy this ticket? All right. I'll throw that up. All right. We don't need to add the rides. I mean, of course you want to buy the one the rides. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, would you rather buy the one with the rides or would you rather buy the one without? Well, here, here's the next question though too. So with Disneyland tickets, like what, $180 or so, $200? Now that they've done this, now they've put a price on their rides. Mm-hmm. What, 150 bucks? Yeah. Ish. To ride my rides, you have to pay 150 bucks plus Genie Plus. Disney's nuts, man. That is some slick money. <laughs> slick moves there. Yeah. They're ballsy. They are ballsy. Yeah. That's some slick moves. Sorry, now it's kind of bringing down the vibe. Let's get back into this. So Darby O'Gill and the Little People, the movie that you didn't know that we were going to do. But before we get into that, we got a quiz question and an intermission. Oh, right away. Going to intermission. Okay, quiz yeah. question. Hit me. Yeah, quiz question. So, 
There's a special effect used in here that I was absolutely just adoring. It's called the Schuften effect. Okay. It's a it's a process putting by um, filming people through a mirror and projecting it onto a miniature set. What was the first recorded movie to use this effect? It's a famous movie, so I'll give you that. We'll come back at the end. Okay. But until that, we'll uh, we'll meet you on the other side of the intermission. Thank you for listening to the Backseat Critics podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, we are here to just give a couple of shout-outs real quick. Just really quick. Once again, this is your spot, or could be your spot in the future. And we have a special deal for you, if you would like to, for the first person who reaches out. But for now, August Keller writes, we'd like to give him a shout-out. You know why, Andrew? Why is that? Because he is a fellow movie critique reviewer he's a very good one right he is a very good one you know what he does what does he do on his instagram august keller writes instagram wow okay. instagram go on there wow, okay. he has a critique date. on movies even up-to-date movies like apollo creed apollo creed. actually no creed 3 i should say, I should oh. say apollo. but creed 3 wow creed 3 yeah he's even got older movies like the 40 year old virgin on there Wow. But he will give you a breakdown of Grace. I haven't seen that movie. I should look at his review. There you go. Look at his wow. review. You'll see Super his, handy. his grades, 1 out of 10 on subjects, and then a small review of why he reviewed it that way. That's fantastic. Fantastic review. Go give go give him a follow. Give him, give him a thumbs up. Give him some love. Give him a follow. Wow. One more shout out. Do not follow the other backseat critics. They are frauds. They are fakes. We see you. We see you. You can't hide from us. You aren't us. You're not John Cena. You're way better. Than John Cena? (laughs) Sure. What did John Cena do to us? (laughs) You know what? (laughs) You can't see him. We've seen them all over the place. But we don't see John Cena. But instead of following them, why don't you follow us? Give us some love. Hit us up with a thumbs up on instagram on youtube you can look us up we're the backseat critics movie review podcast just look us up anywhere we'll be there for you if you can't find us there ask your mom if you're out in like north dakota and you're like traveling through some places and you're like hey ask your aunt debbie i wish i could find some backseat critics right on a toilet stall where are the backseat critics? Write it three times and we will be there. Or just shoot a flare up in the air. Big Earl will come pick you up, take you to the computer, and say, here's your lesson. Right? We love you, Big Earl. And now back to the show. Quack! <laughs> At least you know where to cut it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Let's get into topic number one, characters. Oh no, I forgot to record something for the characters. So here's something. Characters. Who are they? What are they doing? I don't know what What was your number one character? Uh, I'm going to go with the Leprechaun King. You know what? That was a good choice. That's a fantastic choice. <laughs> Don't just tell me, hey, that's a good choice. No, that's a fantastic choice. That's a pretty good choice. How do you not like the Leprechaun King in this movie? I don't know. 
I just like how he looks at Darby Oka. You know what? We didn't do. Oh my gosh! And you didn't even have this on the docket. Oh, I didn't. You son of a monkey eating pineapple, Mike. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two minute summary. And you know what? It's on you today. You screwed the pooch. All right, two-minute summary is Darby O'Gill is an Irish person. This all takes place in Ireland. He's a groundskeeper for a cottage. He's not doing that great of a job keeping up the cottage, so the landowner comes to kick him out and replace him with Sean Connery, a young, handsome man. I'm Sean Connery. So anyways, Darby O'Gill runs to the local pub to, uh, I don't know, rant away or whatever. About the wee people. About the wee people. No one believes him, but whatever. Uh, a, a priest comes in and and basically says, <gasps> Hey, uh, no matter what you've done, you can go to heaven if you help me haul a bell for free labor. That's cool. That's not coercion at all. No. And Darby O'Gill's like, you know what? I might be kicked, be kick, kicked out of my place by Sean Connery. I, I'm Sean Connery. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can coerce him. And my daughter to get married for my benefit. Nick, Nick. And you know what? It does happen Nick, at Nick. the very end. So anyways, Darby Gill gets kicked into a, a, a little throne room under a mountain by a, a horse. Yeah. And he docks with the Leprechaun King guy. I'm a Leprechaun King. I'm a Leprechaun King. And he gets him hammered. He escapes. There's a big back and forth. He tries to convince people that he's Leprechaun King, but people just see bunnies. We'll see just Sean Connery. There's a big back and forth. The daughter becomes sick. She almost dies. Hey, I'm sick. Oh, my God. The, the Darby uh, decides, hey, I want to let this Grim Reaper headless horseman dude take my life instead of my daughter's. Took my life. And Darby O'Gill starts sacrificing his life. And because it's a Disney movie, they renege on it. The scriptwriters did. And so Darby O'Gill lived happily ever after, knowing that Sean Connery married his wife, uh, his daughter, and that he'll be able to, to stay in the cottage. Okay, so I have a, I have a, I have a bugaboo with it. I have a bugaboo with it. I know that was exactly two minutes, but I have a bugaboo with your your summary. You never talk about pony in it. Talk about pony. What do you mean you have me talk about pony? He's the villain of the movie. You never talk about the villain of the movie whatsoever. All right. I didn't feel that he was that detrimental to the plot i felt he not the, the fact antagonist that he tried to sabotage sean connery i felt that the antagonistic relationship between the leprechaun king and darby that was there's a hate a th- love relationship yeah like that but, was more of a thing than pony they hate and loved each other but anyways we'll get into this when we get into characters which is right now again characters okay. so leprechaun king number one that's your number one? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, why would you not I would be? Never, I would never guess that. Well, the dude, first of all, loves to party. He drank up a whole thing of scotch. He loves to party. Yeah, he does. Second of all, he was very hospitable to <laughs> capturing good old Darby O'Gill. Hospitable? 
hospitable. He offered him his home, and uh, Darby O'Gill gave him the middle finger and said, I'm out of here. I won't take this. As he tried to steal his gold, too. Yep. Darby O'Gill's the real villain of this movie. Darby O'Gill is absolutely the villain of this this movie. He starts the movie off by threatening to kill the little leprechaun guy if he doesn't give him the wishes. Yep, yep, yep. He talked about the story. The yep. story of him eating the leprechaun. We don't know if it's true or not, but it is hashed out mm-hmm. once they once they meet each other, run into each other again. So, yeah, and the whole plot about him losing the land, if he would have just cut some weeds, we'd be fine. Yep. Darby's the villain. He is just missing some weeds. It's a Mrs. Doubtfire situation. The main character is the villain. He's at the pub telling stories about the leprechaun. Mm-hmm. He is the villain. All right, who's your number two? Oh, so is that your number one too? Is the leprechaun king? We're going you first, me second. Why are we doing this? But yes, my number one is the leprechaun king. That's what I thought. <laughs> no, um, the dude just mm-hmm. like owned the scene. Sure. Every single time yeah. that he was <laughs> on screen. Yes. Leprechaun King number one. Also, dude was a lush. Loved him. Number two. I'm going to go with Sean Connery character. What? Yeah, I'm feeling Sean Connery. Sean Connery? Yeah. The best acting he's ever done in his life. Why? Why? I don't know. I was just feeling him. I was feeling his vibe. Okay, question. I was feeling his swagger. Question. So we know in James Bond... That Sean Connery was wearing a toupee. Okay. Was he wearing a toupee in this? I don't feel like he was. I don't feel like he was either, but he's fooled me before. This was young, young Sean Connery. Yeah, so was Dr. No Sean Connery with toupee. I feel like this is this is a very handsome Sean Connery, and I was feeling his vibe, his song that he was throwing down. Yeah, BDE. I was like, I feel your song. He is drawing in the girl. I was like, as he was singing, doing chores, I was like, okay. My guy can sing. Not really, but he's <laughs> got me. So you've got my ear, Mr. Be- Sean Connery. Better than another Bond mm-hmm. singing. But I'm going to go with Sean Connery's character. I'm number two. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. He's a good guy. He was just a upright good guy. All right. So my number two. Darby O'Kill. Oh, you read my piece of paper over here? Because oh. I actually mixing it up. No. Okay. Darby was my number two. My number two is actually Pony. Pony? Because now I brought him up. And now you're like, well, he's not good enough to say in the two-minute summary. But here you are bringing up as your number two favorite character. But he's not good enough to bring in the summary. Because oh, okay. he wasn't detrimental to the plot enough. But I just loved how this dude, every single time he was in the scene, he was trying to fight somebody. He was always wanting to punch somebody, ambush them, grab them. He was just always hostile. So, if you don't mind, I'm going to lead into my number three. He had LDE. My number three is the the bartender. Oh, really? Reason being is because that guy goes to Pony and goes, if I was 10 years younger, <laughs> bro, you don't have Pony at all 10 years ago. No. Like Pony's a strapping young lad. Yeah. Like, he has dude, ready- it's Gaston. Basically, like he's ready to, th- I mean, he had Sean Connery in a chokehold. He was ready to beat the crap out at one point. But that bartender wasn't even afraid. He goes, no more whiskey for you. We're cutting you off. It's funny. He still gives him a stout. (laughs) Right? I was like, okay, no more whiskey. But 
Also, you you want a death wish? Cut an Irish person off their whiskey. You gave him his beer. We just lost Ireland. Mm, Yeah, thanks. Thanks. You know what? This is the movie that I thought, you know what? We would be repping our boys up there. But nope. Nope. Because we're talking about my number three character. Which is? Darby. The real villain of the movie. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the guy was the driving force behind the whole movie. And I don't know. I just kind of, I don't know. Enjoyed him. He was fun. Crazy old man. Yeah. Yeah. That was a dude where you could sit down and he would tell you the story of old Greg. He is the equivalent to Maurice in Being the Beast. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Where he comes back and Maurice is like, there's a beast in the castle. They have my daughter. And I think this one's kind of the same. I have my leprechaun. I got my leprechaun. He He grants me me three wishes. And I asked for four and he got me. Twice I've asked for four, but I won't be fooled again. Yep. That was probably good. I mean, he did, did you hear that line? How his wife was taken from him by the banshee? Yeah, that was wild. But they never go into that. He's like, "I'm not let, letting them take her. Like they took my wife. Like what? Mm-hmm. What? Well, where did you mess with the banshee before? Right. Which is wild. I also thought I was, just want to. I want a movie about like young Darby, just. How this dude just continuously just messes up. I wanted to see where this guy. I just thought good I story, good story, bro. I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, gosh. well, it was it's a short train, so yeah, it's not there. We're going on to the next. Hold next on, I want to see if I can't bring this back together. We're talking. <laughs> we're talking sets. Let's talk about sets, baby. <laughs> Just you and me. Okay. My one and only set is the Leprechaun Lair. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's my only set. It's so lame. I didn't see it as a Leprechaun Lair of sorts, but I did enjoy just the fact that it was like a cave almost. And how it opened up the, like, all the Leprechauns came running out. But that's my only set. So you can go into your one, two, and three, but that's my only set. That's fine. We can go on to characters. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, now we're cutting that one out. We're cutting that one out. I'll just include my sets in the visual effects. Okay. Whatever you got to do. Whatever going to make you feel better. They're the same, though. Characters. We just did characters. And by characters, I mean, what were your favorite scenes? <laughs> We're off to talk about C. What's happening? The magical wizard of scenes. I'm so confused. Everything. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. It's been a day, dude. I can tell. Jeez, get together, my guy. First, you don't even know what movie we're reviewing. I don't. Okay, so. Uh, favorite scenes. My first favorite scene is going to be when they go into the leprechaun lair and they're dancing and doing their jig and having a grand old time and Mr. Papa Leprechaun King sitting It just escalates so much yeah. to the point where they're just running around the throne on horses. A dance erupts into horses. Well, they call it the chase of the fox. 
Which okay, okay. Isn't that just Peter and the fox? Or right? Or Peter? No, that's Peter and the wolf. That's thinking. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. No, wrong, wrong movie. Um, why haven't they made like a live action of that? Why would they? Dude, Peter and the Wolf was the crap back in the day. Yeah, it like, was. I, like as a kid, like that's a movie I was written for the library, for the cartoon. So why would you do live action? Because I think you can make it really good. Because it's it's perfect. I mean, really good as in really perfect. bad, but perfect for us to watch. <laughs> Any material we can get, so we'll take it. Please make that movie. like just cocaine bear. Like it's the same thing, right? Peter and the well, you can make the wolf like CGI super scarred up, and then make Peter like twelve feet tall. No, you mean the wolf? Yes, yes. Make the wolf twelve feet Voiced tall. Voiced by Paul Giamatti. No. Yes. No, and I want to see, like, the, you know how you make it really good? Is that you make it, like... Hey, Peter. Wait, I got this Hey, movie. Peter. I got this movie. Hey, great. Peter. You ready? I'm a wolf. I'm a wolf now. Here's this movie. This this movie's going to be Paul fire. Giamatti. I'm a wolf. So, we're past the Peter and the wolf stage when they're a little boy and the wolf, right? Now, we're until where they're older. They had battles against each other, and they're still going to battle. And you got Chris Hemsworth playing Peter. You got... Paul Giamatti playing the wolf. Hey, Peter. And the wolf. And Pe- <laughs> I'm in a movie. I think this is a great movie. Okay. Anyways, continue. Sorry, Paul Giamatti. Nope. <laughs> I, I had a great movie there. That was going to be a really great bad movie. Hey, Peter. I'm a wolf. Okay. So, uh, my favorite scene, though, is the, the leprechaun layer. Yeah, mine's actually exactly the same. Leprechaun Lair. Leprechaun Lair. I just love how it starts off with just a modest dance, picks up, picks up, and then they're riding horses. Yes. It was just I, fun, fun watching these little dudes dancing around. The effects that go into it, which we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, just fun scene. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely fun. What was your number two? My number two is actually when he is drinking with the leprechaun to trap him. And then in the morning, Darby O'Gill, that sly dog, <laughs> he goes, I got you. It's sunlight. You can't use your powers. And he tries to run through the door. And then Darby O'Gill's like, sick him. And puts a cat out there and traps him. I don't know. It's just kind of fun. Like like you said before, the Leprechaun King steals the stage. He does every single time. And I think this was a really uh, scene that was like using a lot of him. So, All right. So, yeah, mine's number two is actually exactly the same. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I keep looking back, but like, maybe our number three is different. I think our number threes will be. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But no, I, I loved that scene where it was just like Darby and the king just like sitting there chilling, just okay. drinking. Creepiest thing in this movie too happens during this scene. That's where he grabs him and throws him in the bag. Do you see like the creepy doll puppet thing moving around yes. that's supposed to be the leprechaun? Yes. I was just like, oh Chucky. my gosh. I was like, nope. What if that was a moving doll, actually? No strings attached for them. Ooh. They found a possessed doll. And they Better movie than Megan. And we got something going. Um, Scene number three is actually when he comes back with the bell. Oh. Just the, the tail end. No, no, no. The when he comes back from the bell, like it's like in the movie, like in part way half, halfway through the movie, probably. 
It's further along than that. It's before the daughter gets sick. Way before the daughter gets sick. Not that far. Because while he's bringing back the bell, that's when Sean Connery and the daughter are starting to fall in love. Like, he hasn't even made mm. his second wish yet. No, it it was it was after that. No. He hasn't yeah. made a second wish yet. They had fallen in love. They already had the whole bed situation where the Leprechaun King's like whispering in their ear while they're sleeping. That All of that had happened. No. Uh-huh. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I know my movies. Anyways, when he comes back with the bell and the priest looks at him and goes, Darby, what's in the bag? And he goes, would you believe me if it's a Leprechaun King? He says, nope. And he goes, there's nothing in the bag. <laughs> I was like... Darby will kill. He's on You sneaky cat. He is a mic. (laughs) Such a mic. Yeah, so my number three is going to be the bit where the little headless horseman comes down and is summoned by the Banshee and takes away Darby O'Gill. Okay. That was a setup for a nice ending. It kind of gave you the vibes of a Christmas story or Sets. Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Yeah. Kind of setting up for like the next and yeah. Like maybe Darby O'Gill changes his ways. Also, I just loved how like hokey the the Banshee and the Headless Horseman looked. And Darby's like, okay, I'm just going to stick a stagecoach. Like, why not make him work for it? Why not run? I mean, we all know it's just Christopher Walken. It's just, just there, sharpened teeth and all. Yep. Yep. Just going around killing old people. All right. We're we're going to talk about some special effects. What were your top three favorite special effects? Number one effect is actually going to be how they, I don't know what it's called, but how they use that point of view to where everybody's still the same height, even the small people, but they're filming from further away or so and using a different angle. Like they did in Lord of the Rings? Yes. Force perspective. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. They would... uh, like what they do in Disneyland, for instance. As yep. We are a Disney podcast of some sort in ways. Sorts. Once in a while. Unofficially. But um, it's the same thing, though. Same thing. Disneyland, Castle, they try to make it look bigger. Mm-hmm. And here we are. They're trying to make these guys look big. And they did a great job. They they did. They set up stages uh, 25 feet apart to make Darby look that much bigger. And in the shot where... It's Darby dancing amongst the little people and you just see his feet, little people and the little people behind him. Those little people behind him, 25 feet away. And then there's puppets set up in front of the camera mimicking little people. You know what I find funny in all this, by the way, that we didn't touch on at all yet, the characters or anything? What's up? There's this one leprechaun that just had an American accent straight up. <laughs> you know, I was like, this guy has like a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> Not even trying. Yeah, I was like, this guy, where'd they get him? I was like, that's the leprechaun I don't want to mess with. He's from Brooklyn. Right? <laughs> like, he's going to take you behind, this, behind the store. You don't want to go see him in the meat factory. 
hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> exactly. I think he was one of the first leprechauns that, like, once he falls down the tunnel, I think he was one of the ones that said, hey, we got Darby. <laughs> Let's go take him to the leprechaun Let's talk thing. about this possessed horse that pushes Darby down the horse, the hole. It's like it changed, It uses the that banshee effect on it. Yeah. Another effect. That's like, yeah, never mind. We'll get into it. Yep. Yeah, we will. Well, I mean, if it's on your top three. Anyways, but yeah, my first number one is just the, the force perspective. Okay. So, my number one is the Schuften effect. So, we talked about this briefly with the quiz question. This is an effect where you have a mirror, and the mirror is reflecting a tiny miniaturized set. Town, city, little people. Or a stage 25 feet away with little people dancing around a massive throne. In that mirror, you carve away the reflective surface on the back to, so that only a part of it is clear. And you put the actual actor, Darby, behind that clear spot and you film the mirror. So you capture the tiny people 25 feet away into that mirror and Darby's amongst them. That shot of Darby, when he first showed up in the little people's lair, all done in camera, one take. There's no fancy edits there. That's just pretty cool. No forced perspective. It's all just, it's shot on a mirror. It's Which is cool. super impressive. For how old it is, too. I, there's movies older than that that we'll get into. But still, it's pretty, pretty It's cool. It's super impressive. Um, yeah. A lot of this has actually been used up until, like, Lord of the Rings. Not the Hobbit, though. Not the Hobbit. Peter Jackson really dropped the ball on that one. My number two is going to be actually the Banshee effect. Really? Yeah, I know it's a cheesy effect, but it's it's a it's a staple in bad movies the way it was. Uh-huh. Basically, how they put the color even on the headless horseman, like a distorted color sort of thing, like a black blue. I don't know what else was in there. Yellow. Just a, you know, when you this, lo- we just looked at him. Yeah. Like, it's like they just turned it into that color. And it's it's a cheesy movie. It looked kind of like iridescent. Yeah. Like an oil slick. Yeah. Like a bad digitalized oil slick. And I, I, I enjoyed it a little bit. I was like, okay, this is different. Like, the horse even had it. Yes, the horse had it. The horse had it when he kicked him in. I was just like, okay. I laughed so hard. At that, when the horse is just like, oh, come here. Yeah. Kick. And it's just like all goofy and stuff. I was just, I don't know. Some Something about that whole setup was just funny to me. I just looked at it, I was like, ah, old movie, but. Old movie should know better. It's all fun. Yeah. Dr. Cyclops was out by this point. We know how to do good, tiny people movies. Um, What's your number two? What's my number two? What's your number two? What's my number two? My number two is going to about. be the map paintings because half the backgrounds in this, the sets, some of the sets included are actually fake. They're oh, all yeah. map paintings set over top of actual like Irish like countryside or whatnot. So the mountain, obviously, that was fake. But there's even bits like the stable that Darby captured the the. Um, king in mm-hmm. and he's looking out uh into the town the whole door frame and then the top half of the town fake um there's bits of the daughter where she's running to get her dad at the bar at the very beginning when 
the landlord guy comes with Sean Connery. The whole arch and fields, fake. All matte painting setup. Hmm. So, so clean, especially for that time period. Like most matte paintings, you get like a, they have like a faded effect just because like light bouncing off of it. It's just a flat surface. Didn't get that. You didn't get that at all. You would be surprised at the number of like matte paintings set up in this movie. It's insane. That's pretty good. So that is my number two. And that is why I was saying special effects. Part of the reason why I was saying special effects are the sets. It's a special effect that's used on the sets, but it doesn't mean that I need to enjoy the sets. But also, I mean, the whole Schuften effect. Like, that's a set. The whole... Third... I think the effects are more important than the set itself. I don't know. A lot of the effects are contingent on the sets. I, I agree to disagree. Well, you're wrong. Okay, that's cool. Uh, all right, what's your number three? Number three effect is going to be the Leprechaun King when he comes to them in the dreams and how he becomes translucent a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, like halfway. <laughs> And how they make him like appear like on this the bed and stuff like that. I kind of enjoy that. My number three is going to be basically your number one, which was the forced perspective, especially when Darbu is dancing amongst the little people. There was one shot in particular. There's a whole set built for it. Again, to my point, where Darbu is right up next to the camera. People are 25 feet away. It was all built in like this cavernous kind of area. You would never notice it. There's actually a little tiny seam amongst the tiles that if you look, you can kind of see. Or what about when the Leprechaun King is being chased by the cat? And he hides inside the the pitchfork. Uh, the giant pitchfork? Yeah. I'm still, go- I'm still going with that forced perspective with Darby in the middle. Well, I mean, isn't that a forced perspective scene too? Did they just create the giant pitchfork? Yeah. And then they had the cat like probably closer. Yeah, up. there was a giant pitchfork. There was a giant uh, wagon wheel, um, and then there's obviously the giant bench and stuff like that, and giant bed frame. Um, but yeah, there we go. But my my favorite instance of the forced perspective was Darby dancing amongst the little people because it was so clean. Well, yeah, for that time period. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like that's that's the standard, right? Like. Usually with where you've got small people and little uh, larger people mixed, you don't put stuff in the foreground because it breaks the illusion. But they did it so cleanly in this. Disney magic. Right. I'll sprinkle some of that in there. <laughs> That's how they sprinkle it. Let's <laughs> not sprinkle anymore. <laughs> yeah, their sprinkling's done. Okay, so... I'm Paul Giamatti! What's next? Well, that's it. We're going into final thoughts, and we're going to answer that quiz question. My thought on the... I'm probably wrong, is Wizard of Oz. Okay, so for a refresher, for people who skipped, the question was, what was the earliest movie on record that used the Schuften process that sent actors... That was a a method of using mirrors to put actors into tiny miniaturized sets. And you said Wizard of Oz? Correct. You are wrong. I figured I was wrong. By about 10 years. What was it? Metropolis. Never seen it. Oh, old sci-fi. 
Never seen it. Super good. Give it a watch. Probably not, but it's okay. Oh, you. <laughs> you Mike, you. You Mike. Well, final thoughts of Darby O'Gill and the little people are, um, it's all right. Huh? It's all right. I mean, I watched it. I don't feel like I need to run out and see it again. Maybe I bring it back up during a March, St. Patrick's Day time period. Maybe I add it to the list, but it's all right. I'm right there with you. It's okay. It could have been. It's good for classic. It is. Um, if you love like special effects and stuff. Hold on. If you love old Sean Connery, then let's just say watch this movie because <laughs> woo doggy. Woo. Oof. I had to change my shirt three times. I was sweating so much watching him. So if you like Sean Connery. Watching Sean Connery manhandle pony, I'm like, oh my. And that just got cut out. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh my mic. But if you really enjoyed um, watching young Sean Connery, then I think this is a good movie. I think if you love seeing kind of good old special effects from the 50s, early 60s, definitely give this a watch. If you want to watch this Leprechaun King, this little Leprechaun King, then give it a watch. If you want to watch some Irish people get drunk and then angry at each other, watch this movie. If you want to watch... And watch this movie. <laughs> if you want to watch the main character of a movie also be the villain, watch this movie. If you want to watch crazy old men and poor cooking, watch this movie. If you want to watch a priest hold people's internal life above their head, watch this movie. If you want to watch banshees, watch this movie. If you want to see a horse... Show a person down a well. Watch this movie. If you want to see a leprechaun play matchmaker, <laughs> watch this movie. If you want to hear about Paul Giamatti playing in Peter and the Wolf, listen to this podcast. Because that's not going to happen. You ruined that my movie. <laughs> but otherwise... Anything else to touch on there? Yeah. Um, we out. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>